All right, so Kevin Barker, it is September 14th. The Blue Jays are 19 games over 500. That's the most they've been over 500 this year. I'll ask you a question because you were the one that talked earlier about the Yankees maybe peaking a little too early. Uh-huh. Are we seeing the Jays peak at just the right time? Yeah, I th- well, that's, that's a great question. You know, I, I think their their strength is their pitching. I, I really do believe that. I think coming into the season, we all thought that the offense was going to carry this team where it needed to go. I got to be honest with you. Now that you're watching the rotation do the things that the rotation's doing, the bullpen, the way they've solidified roles, and, and John Snyder will use any guy in any spot in any inning, and they just take the ball and go out there and dominate. So – yeah, I, I think with that being said, the pitching staff, as good as it's been, you get some timely hitting, you get a guy who is in fuego like Bo Bichette, and you get everybody else just sort of falling in place and having competitive bats like they did tonight. You know, if you're a Jays fan, you're sort of liking what you're seeing, especially against a good team. You know, the Rays push the Jays around a lot. I don't think you're seeing that. And for me, you're not seeing that because of the pitching. The pitching for the Jays has been borderline great. So continue to do that and get some timely hits and play some decent defense. And don't forget the outs, number of outs late in games, and you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I figured you'd point that out. Uh, trust you to do that. 5-1, <laughs> the Blue Jays beating the Tampa Bay Rays. They've taken three of four. A win tomorrow, and Kevin, what does that make? If they if they if they beat Shane McClanahan tomorrow, that's going to be what? It'd be four to five. There's, well, somebody in this room said that was going to happen, didn't they? I don't well, know who it would be. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, that, that happens. This is the with, first time. I hope you're right. Oh, well, <laughs> with every uh, with every Ross Stripling start, Kevin. Uh, cha-ching, you know, kind of, cha-ching. Yeah, cha-ching is right. <laughs> cha-ching is right. Uh, but with every Ross Stripling start, it seems that you know, I go to social media or uh, talk to anybody, and and you know the question is: there's two questions. One, are the Jays going to re-sign him? That's something we can talk about later, and something to deal down the road. But you know, people are looking ahead a little bit and saying, "All right, if you do go to the postseason." Mm. You know what the question is, Kevin? If you do go to the pro season, number one mm. and number two are pretty pretty clear-cut who those are going to be. <sighs> Ross Stripling, he's not going away. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to have options. It's great that Jose Barrios has turned the corners mechanically sound now, can make in-game adjustments and can command a couple of different pitches to both sides of the plate, Ross Stripling. For me, the game changer is the changeup. The arm speed on it, the movement on it, and when he throws it, it's he's very unpredictable with it. Uh, the the velocity on it is really good. You know, it's about eight or nine miles an hour difference in his fastball. That's a big deal. You have that good arm speed. All of his pitches look the same. That mechanic change where, you know, it's so simple, it's repeatable. He's like Iron Mike. You know, he gets it above his head. He's got all these different pitches, the kitchen sink, and it all's coming out of the same slot. It all looks the same. He's got different miles per hour on every single one of his pitches. He'll throw any of those in any count. Uh, you know, he's throwing, like tonight, he faced 23 batters. Jeff, he threw 20 strike once. I mean, I it's just – that's the main thing there. That puts a hitter on the defense. He, he's no longer aggressive because of that. And and because he's so unpredictable with that first pitch, it's very hard to go up and set on something. You know, 2022 is all about guessing. How do you guess with him? How do you guess location? How do you guess pitch you don't because he can locate all those, he has confidence in all those. And, oh, by the way, he threw about 15 pitches per inning. 
which yeah. is a big deal for a guy. You know, he only gave up three hits. All three of those were extra base hits. He only had one three-ball count. And, oh, by the way, this is his sixth quality start in a row. To answer your question, I would say if you want to split it up because you want one of your bigger best two guys pitching for me anyway, in game one and game three, I would guess. I mean, how can you go wrong by pitching, starting Ross Stripling in one of those games? I don't think you can. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590, 590-590 is the text line. 5-1, the Jays beating the Tampa Bay Rays at the Rogers Center tonight. 24,282 on hand. Ross Stripling was brilliant. Vladdy Jr., Hit his first home run in 68 plate appearances, I believe. It's his 100th career home run, and it was the most un-Vladdy-like home run you're going to see. Normally, Vladdy's home runs are laser beams. This was a parabola. I don't even know how you describe it. But, uh, well, I think you describe it the way our friend Ben Wagner described it, very carefully, because it <laughs> hung up there a long time before it came down. So we saw Vladdy finally get that home run. Kevin, is that going to... I mean, 100 home runs is a nice mark, but is that uh, – do you think that's going to be enough to kind of get kickstart Vladdy? Well, I'd love to say yes, but then you see him ground out to the third baseman, ground out to the shortstop on a couple of pitches that he normally grounds out to the third baseman, grounds out to the shortstop. It, for, for me, I guess this time of the year, the, the Rays have a game plan. It's down. You know, whether it's down with a changeup, whether it's down with a fastball, whether it's down with a two-seamer, they may backdoor a cutter occasionally, but they're trying to get him out down. And if he can figure out a way to lay off it and force him up because he is such a good hitter on an elevated, whatever that elevated is, doesn't even have to be a heater as long as it's up a little bit. If he can be have a little bit better plate awareness and understand what he's trying to do and what he can do, I, I think that – why you saw the home run with it looked like it had a little uppercut to it because it was about a little above the knee. You know, it wasn't too down that he had to uppercut, but it's almost like he knew how they were going to try and get him out, and he had an actual game plan going up and trying to get that ball in the air. And because he has leap bat to ball skills, he can do things like that. Chris the Stony Creek, what's up, Chris? Yes, guys, thank you for taking my call. Great show as always, guys. Listen to you guys in the morning. Just wanted to say that obviously the run that the Jays are on, um, you know, the starting pitching has been so great. You know, I think that's going to be a real strength of them when they go into the playoffs. Man, those, you know, four guys, right? And Stripling, Stripling, sorry, has been, uh, you know, he's been a revelation this year, right? Um, I still kind of am worried a little bit when they get to the playoffs about, you know, guys like Mesa and Richards, you know what I mean? But, I think at the end of the day, the pitching will be strong enough, and hopefully we get enough timely hitting in the playoffs, right? But um, one last point I'm going to make is, um, you know, like I I, I honestly like uh, um, uh, Tesco Hernandez, but Mm -hmm. this year he's been really annoying, man. He hasn't done anything really this year, man. And then he goes and does these two really boneheaded plays, you know, that are like borderline laziness. I'm I'm sorry to say, you know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm reluctant. Thanks for the call, Chris. I'm reluctant to to <clears throat> say to use laziness. I think I was on with Ben Ennis in the drive show today, and I prefer to use the phrase brain farts as opposed to uh, as opposed to laziness. But Kevin, I, listen, I got to tell you, if if Vladdy starts hitting, if Bo keeps hitting. 
you know, I, there's a lot of ifs here. If Kirk keeps hitting, if Springer can stay healthy, you know what? If the games are going to be like this and it's going to be all about pitching, I'm not entirely upset to have Jackie Bradley Jr. taking a regular run in the outfield there. Now, I know you don't have Lourdes Gurriel. We don't know what his status is going to be. I don't think you'd like to – I'm not saying you necessarily stick to Oscar in the bench, but – I mean, there are some games here where I'm 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 perfectly fine with what with what I saw with what I saw tonight from the Jays in terms uh, of outfield defense. Maybe for me, again, for me in the playoffs, it's going to be a bloop and a bomb. It's not going to be two or three hits in a row. Who is how you're going to beat good teams with really good pitching who have a game plan and have a cutter, slider, or a four seamer away. Although I got to so tell I, you, that, Kevin, you know what? If you got to, and this is another thing. It, Drew Rasmussen today. I mean, Caleb was all over this. Drew Rasmussen today, almost a 50-50 split between between his cutter and his fastball, which I didn't necessarily get because all we've talked about is how the Jays have issues with the cutter. And I, I just found it I found it kind of confusing. You know, maybe he was – I don't know. Maybe they, they thought they had something, but – those are some really comfortable at bats the Jays had against Drew Rasmussen. I'm not used to seeing those comfortable at bats. Yeah, for from me, this it's team just, against him. Well, for me, it's just one of those days, right? He just didn't look like he didn't have the feel. He didn't have the release point. Uh, he was trying to get the cutter away. He's trying to get the slider away. The third inning really hurt him. Like the seven mm-hmm. batters he faced, he gave up three hits with two strikes. That, that's the one thing, right? When you give up hits with two strikes and you think you make good pitches, it's like the Bo Bichette, the 0-2 pitch that he, you know, he was widened out with that two-strike approach that he has, and he beats the ball to right center field. Like it's just little at-bats like that that frustrate a really good pitcher and make them want to have to – I shouldn't say won't make them have to do something different. And when you go outside the box, even if you're player of the month, you tend to not, you know, throw balls where you want them to go. I just think it was good approaches, especially in that third inning. You saw guys with two strikes battle. They were mm-hmm. looking for something that they could put barrel to. And when they got it, they didn't miss it. And you, so I think sometimes you have to tip your hat to the lineup. And it's not always about the pitches. It's about the guys that actually let the ball travel. Think about, you know, hitting the ball sort of where they ain't and give the Blue Jays credit the third inning. They did exactly that. Sam and Hamilton, you want to talk about John Schneider? Yeah. Hey, guys. First of all, Ross Rippling, you 1,000% qualify him. That's pretty much a lock now. Now, when it comes to John Schneider, I think he's the perfect manager for this team. And I'm kind of wondering why they didn't hire him initially. It was because he was just too young in 2018. Yeah. Or, but anyways, um, but the one comparison I've always made to John Schneider, and a lot of people might not get this, but it's a movie that in the early 2000s called Freedom Writers. It was Hillary Swank where a college teacher or a high school teacher shows all the kids how to write English and helps them their grades go up. And then at the end of the movie, she gets to teach them in college. And that's what I feel like with John Schneider is he was the high school teacher. Now he gets to graduate to, to colleges with them. And I think John Schneider will be the manager to win the World Series for the Blue Jays. Hmm. Yeah, Sam, thanks for the call. Listen, uh, I, I mean, I don't, I, I can't remember the process when Charlie Montoya was hired. Um, I, you know, the, I know a bunch of guys were interviewed. I know Brandon Hyde was interviewed for the job as well. I mean, I hate – you know what? I I hate to kind of – I don't want to turn the rest of the year into a let's bash Charlie Montoyo uh, Mm -hmm. thing, but it is an interesting question, Kevin. Maybe they just felt he wasn't ready. You know, maybe they just felt he wasn't ready. And I don't know if if you'd ask John, was he ready three years ago? I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's very hard to speak on that. The, the only person that knows that's Ross and, and Mark Shapiro. We have no idea what, why that yep. would be. I, I just know right now he looks like he's he's <laughs> he's the guy. Like, you see how aggressive he is, even, even when he took out Stripling with the Margot at bat. Mm-hmm. Like, he knew exactly what he was going to do ahead of time. Like, how aggressive he is. There's no, you know, second guessing. There's no walking out there like he's not real positive about what he wants to do. It's like he's the leader of the team. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to go out there and tell you what to do. You're going to do it. We're going to win a bunch of games because of it. I just think that seems to be what this team team needs, and now I think they have it. Yeah, and we saw a couple of instances where I think we saw that Blue Jays aggressiveness. I mean, the the stop and steal or the steal and stop that was uh, that was put on, and Santiago Espinal kind of blew that. And then of course Santiago Espinal forgot the number of outs. But we also saw it looked like a possible. Uh, back pick with uh, Kevin Biggio and Danny Jansen. I mean, there, there's and and what I really like too, Kevin. I, you know, yeah, you've got a you've got a five-one lead, but you know, don't dick around in the ninth inning, man. You know, you're not going to use Jordan Romano, so go with Anthony Bass, and I, I like that as well. I I just I, I I don't even know if it's aggressiveness as much. You know what it is? He is a very <clears throat> confident manager. He is a very confident manager. I think yep. that's probably the word I would use. Now, let's not forget, they do have multiple options that they can go to late in games, which, which look, that'll make any manager look good. When you got three or four guys you can go to that you feel confident in in the eighth and ninth inning, which is exactly what they have right now. And every guy that they're throwing out there is getting the job done. And, I, I, again, I just like it that, you know, it's the, it gets back to that when you saw Jimmy Garcia throwing in the fifth inning in Pittsburgh. What? Like, how do you talk a guy in with that that's been around that long, and it just sort of has that you know cachet of pitching in the eighth and ninth inning, and now you're asking him to do it in the fifth inning because the games mean so much that time of the year, and he has buy-in. I, I mean, how how could you go wrong with that? Ian and Brampton, I know you want to talk about it. We're already looking ahead to the playoffs, which is fine. Ian and Brampton mm-hmm. wants to talk about Stripling versus Brios for that potential start in Game Three. Oh. Hey guys, hey guys! I text or I listen to you guys every morning, and we hear the debate going on: Stripling or Barrios, uh, possibly Game Three of a Wild Card series. I just want to throw two stats out there, and I think this is going to make it real simple. One pitcher has an ERA of 2.87 this season with a WHIP of 0.98. The other pitcher has an ERA of 5.07 with a WHIP of 1.38. Money aside, I think those stats make the decision really simple. What do you think? I never put money aside. I don't either. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think big league teams would do that either. But I would say this. If you're just going with the best guy at that time, say, say it Say it ended today, the playoff starts tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> How could, again? How could you argue? You know the stats that was just read off, and forget about how much money Jose Barrios is making. If you're just going with the best guy, right now that's it's, Ross Stripling. It's it's Ross Stripling. Here's the thing, though. I mean, first of all, this the, the argument is let's see what that if if that Baltimore series means home field advantage or division title or whatever. Then this is a this this argument is meaningless because the Jays are going to need they're going to be playing those games to win and sure. You know, it'd be nice if it all lined up perfectly, but when is things ever really lined up perfectly for this team, right? So mm-hmm. assume that there that there will be something, there there will be something at work there. The, the one thing I keep thinking about is, and it's not really fair to Ross, but it is a fact 
that he was a swing guy. He's used to different roles. He's used to multiple. He's used to multiple roles. I, I, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just throwing that out there. If you don't use Jose Barrios for a start, you're not gonna. You're not well, gonna have him. You're not well, gonna have him for that series. Boy, it really. It, it, really. Well, it really sounds like you're talking. Trying to talk yourself out of throwing the best guy, Jeff. Don't overthink it. Who, who, who's the best guy right now? Stop trying to think of swing guys and how much money dudes are making. Which dude is best at that time? And right now, it's Ross Stripling. Hmm. No, I, I, I can't argue with that. I can't yeah. argue with that. I may be arguing with you about it down the road, but I'm not going <laughs> to sure. argue about it right now. 41687, as a matter of fact, I'm going to take a break. 416 because I know I'm losing. 416 that's what happens when you host the show. Star 590, 1-888-666-0590. 590-590 is a text line. Back with more Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan. The buildup, yeah, that's that's a natural progression for him, but I think the actual execution of the stuff has gotten better as he's gone along too. So, you know, when you're talking about executing a game plan, he's probably, you know, way up there in terms of doing it. Um, Every pitch has a purpose, whether it's a soft pop-up or a strikeout or a ground-out. Um, you know, he, him and executing it, keeping his pitch count in order, um, score dictates a lot too, but, you know, him doing what he's been doing allows him to keep going. Yeah, it sure does. That's John Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, who find themselves a season-high 19 games over 500 after a 5-1 win over the Tampa Bay Rays at the Rogers Center, the Jays have won 13 of 17, 20 of 28. Kevin Barker, they are 11 and 4 thus far in September. And tomorrow afternoon at 3:07 on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 590, the fan Kevin Gossman takes on Shane McClanahan with the chance to make me seem like a genius for my prediction that the Jays would win four or five games in this series. I hope you're right. First time ever. That's that's what you said. You said you hope that I'm right. And now the Bet365 standings update. With Bet365, you can bet at things like player props, totals, or the money line across many different sports. 19-plus, play responsibly on Terrio only. Well, the uh, American League East... Race is kind of, uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily necessarily been turned on its head. It seems as if the New York Yankees have kind of righted the ship here. They're leading 5-2. They're leading the Boston Red Sox 5-2 right now. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles, they beat Washington, or they're leading Washington 6-2. And earlier today, this is a game that has a particular interest to the Blue Jays fans, or to Blue Jays fans, and indeed to the Blue Jays for the wild card race the Seattle Mariners beat the San Diego Padres six to one the Mariners are in a position to boat race everybody because for the rest of the month they do not play anybody with a record over 500 they got a whole lot of crap teams that they're playing the rest of the way so uh you know if you are if you're if you're if you're trying to handicap trying to figure out who probably is the uh is in the the driver's seat here in the wild card race. It would probably be just by virtue of their uh, of their opponents, the Seattle Mariners. So the standings as of now: the Yankees eighty six and fifty six. The Jays are eighty one and sixty two. Six back in the loss column. They're five and a half games back. Tampa Bay seventy nine 
and 63. They're seven back. If you look at the wild card picture, give me a second here to look at the wild card picture. If you look at the wild card picture, the Jays one and a half games up now, Kevin Barker. One and a half games up atop the wild card race. The Seattle Mariners, they're one game up. Tampa Bay is 79-63. They're four up in the Orioles. They are uh, one game back in the loss column of both the Blue Jays and Mariners, obviously. If the postseason started today, Tampa Bay would be in Cleveland and Seattle would be in Toronto. Ooh. So this is five and a half back in the division. I, look, I, I, I've i said that you might as well aim for the division because as long as you win, you're going to put yourself in, good, in a good position. And we've talked about sort of what you'd rather see you know your your first priority or your first choice if you're a Jays fan obviously win the division second choice I think Kevin it's just me I think second choice is Seattle here third mm-hmm. choice would be probably Tampa here I well I still the Cleveland Guardians don't don't scare me in any way but um it kind of feels as if it almost it's it's almost felt all along as if the J, it's going to be the Jays versus the Rays or the Jays versus the the Mariners in that it, that, it'll be, that first round. It's just kind of felt that way. It'll be very interesting to see how they handled last week. If they have a chance of having home field advantage and have those three games at the Rogers Center, but they need to get their pitching lined up for the playoffs, how will they go yeah. about it? Be interesting to watch it. Stephen London, you want to talk about Bo Bichette? So, Blair, I'm laughing. You are a genius. So, the reason I I talked to your screener, I said, I want to go back to when, uh, remember when uh, the trade deadline was going on and there was all this talk about trading Bo and everybody for Soto. You know, I'm going to say to the naysayers out there, my friends, uh, patience. And look what the benefit of this is. I think it's a long season. I think, Blair, you called it out. You said, guys, we just got to, you know, take a chill factor here. These guys are a good team, and we just got to get things together. And to your previous caller about John Snyder, I think he has the right of the ship. And uh, I, I get, I'm not asking a question, Blair Barker. I'm just actually just saying you guys actually helped me through not jumping the ship, not talking about trading for Soto, because I think that would have changed the whole dynamic of the team. Well, yeah, listen, I mean, a couple of things about that. I mean, first of all, it's pretty obvious that the Jays were not one of the front runners for Juan Soto. But I've got to say this. If you are a team with some prospects, if you are a team with ownership prepared to pony up, you had to at least kick the tires on Juan Soto because regardless of what we're seeing right now, Juan Soto is a generational player. The only, and, and there's no indication that Washington, it, it, even if talks had gotten serious, gotten serious, which they didn't, there's n- there's no guarantee that Washington necessarily wanted Bo Bichette. I think what a lot of people were looking at is there's a couple of things that work here. One, there's still that narrative out there that the Jays ultimately are going to have to choose between Bo and Vladdy when it comes to giving out that big contract. Right, that that's something that's happened since they both broke into the to, to the majors. That that's that's been the you know the running uh, the, the running story. Um, the second thing with Bo is, it, and and I've the one been the one kind of saying this: if you're a team looking to rebuild, or if you're a team looking to sort of create a new image for yourself, which essentially the Washington Nationals are trying to do. <clears throat> 
if you want to bring in a guy who's got a little bit of pizzazz, a little bit of panache, a guy your fans can wrap their arms around, a guy whose jersey you can go out and buy, you could probably do worse than Bo Bichette. But seriously, I, I don't think it, it got to the point where it was anything serious. Uh, and, and, Kevin, I do believe that the whole Bo thing just comes down to that concern about having to pay one of them. And, you know, maybe if you're the Jays, you lock one guy up long-term, you go year to year with the other guy. I, all of this would be easier to figure out if they'd signed one of them to a long, longer-term contract by now. But I, I think, Kevin, that's sort of where the trade where the trade rumors come well, from. Well, at the time we were talking about Juan Soto, because of their minor league system, what they don't have, to get a Juan Soto, you thought it would yeah. start with a Bo Bichette. That, that's why the conversation was starting with Bo Bichette's name. And let's be honest, the Bo Bichette that we were talking about is not the Bo Bichette we're seeing now. <laughs> now, let's no. not lie about that. So, you know, I think it's it's real funny how, uh, you know, three weeks of this Bo Bichette changes everybody's mind about what you think about him playing shortstop, and can you win a World Series with him doing that? That's why yeah, the conversation yeah. was being had about the Juan Soto. Because, let's be honest, to go where they want to go consistently – they're going to need an impactful left-handed bat somewhere in the middle of the order. And the big question is, how do you get it? That's, that's the question. Yeah, no, I, I am, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you on that, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, as, as far as trading Bo Bichette goes, I don't, I don't necessarily think any, there was anything that even remotely resembled a serious conversation about that. Look, I've just, I've said all along the reason that I haven't kind of weighed in on Bo all that much is it's the same thing with Brios, man. I just, for whatever reason, I just trust the athlete. I really do. And um, more to the point, I trust people who know him and who were talking him up. And and I think that um, sometimes we forget, man, they're still young guys, you know? Yeah. yeah, they're not they're not in their first year in the majors, but – they're still going through some stuff, and it's not always a linear progression. And and um, the the big the know, big que- the big question is: Can he swing at the stuff he swings at at the plate, and be consistent? As you know, consistently as good as he's been the last three weeks. And obviously, he's not going to make a career out of this. It's impossible. But can he turn the page and be, you know, elite offensively yeah. by what he swings at? That for me is the question. Ryan in Orangeville in the text line, Stripling versus Brios. Too early to have this debate. Schneider will go with a hot hand going into the playoffs. At this point, it's nice to have two guys you want taking the ball in game three. And if you move on to the other guys, your game one starter, I will take that. Really well said. Adam and Alora, though, ask the question. Here's the thing. Does Stripling look like he can be rattled? Brios doesn't make me think he is impervious to pressure. Stripling has been the third best pitcher since he has been back. Maybe Brios has a higher ceiling, but he's not nearly as consistent. And this is, I don't know if I would call it a debate, but this is certainly something that will be talked about going forward. And you know what? Good. Because if we're having a debate about who is going to start the third game of a playoff series, That's pretty good. I'll take that. I'll take that with uh, not, with a couple of weeks left in the season. I'm not even sure they would pitch the third game. I, I would. I would think it would be all determined on what how game one goes. Uh, yeah, and 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 you and, and look, you know the you know the khakis are going to win. There's going to be some matchup no stuff at some point. No too. question. There's going to be some matchup stuff sure. at some point. I mean, that's just the way it is. William in Ottawa, you want to talk about hey, hey, the hey. big boppers in this team? What's up, William? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. Hey guys. Uh, 
uh, first season listening to you, first caller. Uh, I love it. You're great. Thank I've been you. listening to the Jays since uh, early 80s, and then I was at the game in 85 when they clinched the first pennant. Um, of course, I'm an old guy. But um, I'm going to talk There's about a lot of that going around. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, thanks. Thanks, brother. Um, the big bets. But Jays pitching, okay, good. The manager, he proved himself in that second game of the doubleheader when he did it, did his magic. I was like, wow, that's great. And then um, what what I'm thinking about is the big – please talk about the big bats, and, and I'll let you guys talk in a minute. You know, you got Bo, you got Vladdy, he, he got his 100 uh, tonight, and then Chappie and Gurel Springer, some other guys coming up, doing their thing, everybody's getting healthy. So September's no problem, right? But – can they rise up a bit more in the postseason? Uh, just a prediction to take on the MLB juggernauts all over the whole league. What do you guys think? Comment on that, please. Appreciate the call, William. Kevin, I'll turn it over to you because you are the guru when it comes to all things hitting. Yeah, look, for, for me anyway, at least this year, just because of the lack of balance they have in the lineup, I really do think it's all about pitching, pitching and more pitching. I, I think mm-hmm. this pitching can take them as far as they're going to go now, how far that is. For me, I think offensively, what the one guy you look at, the swings that you see him take is George Springer now. And all of a sudden you're starting to see a little bit more the the grimacing, the, the dropping of the bat when you he saw that swings. today in the check no swing, the dropping of the bat. Yeah, No, no question. So w- what can you get from him? Because let's be honest, they gave him a 150 large for September and October. And and that, for me, is when you would hope that he would show up. Maybe get a little healthier. I don't know. I don't even know if you can get any healthier unless you have it removed. And obviously they can't do that because they're trying to play baseball games and, and he's trying to help out a little bit when it comes to that. I, that, for me, is the one guy. Now, obviously, the, the couple of young guys, hopefully these are all obvious choices, but it just gets back to it seems like this team looks like the team that we all want it to look like when the pitching – is really, really good. So I'm going to lean more on the pitching side than I am about what the big boys in the lineup are doing. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think what we're seeing right now is what we're going to get. Um, I, sure, it's entirely possible that Vladdy goes on a, on a roll. We don't know what's going to, what will happen with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. We should have a better idea, at least John Schneider said on the weekend. And when I say we don't know what's going to happen, we don't know when he's going to come back. We've seen Teoscar Hernandez has been inconsistent. Uh, George Springer, you're right. I, I Listen, I would not at all be surprised if at the end of the year we find out this guy needs surgery. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking at... I'm looking at what I'm looking at right now, and, and, and folks, you know what? Yeah, I think you better hope that you have a lot more 5-1 games. I think a game like tonight is what you're going to look for. Couple of great pitching, good defense. And the, and the big inning. And the big inning. And, yeah. and, and a home run from Vladdy. <laughs> like, seriously, oh, give me a home run crossed. from Vladdy, great defense, good pitching in the big inning, and, uh, and some good bullpen work, and I think, I think we're going to be okay. I'm with you. I think we're going to be okay. Well said. 5-1. Got my games mixed up. 5-1, the Blue Jays beat the Tampa Bay Rays tonight. 3:07. a reminder, 3:07 is the first pitch tomorrow. It'll be Kevin Gossman on the mound for the Blue Jays against Sugar Shane McClanahan. I just love that name. It sounds like a boxer's name. Sugar Shane McClanahan for the Tampa Bay Rays. 3:07. Ben and Caleb will have the call on the radio side for you. And, of course, Sportsnet TV will have you covered as well. Mr. Barker and myself will be back from 10 to noon Eastern tomorrow on Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet 360. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. 
Feed your wild side, baseball fans.